It's the Built by Bama Online podcast. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you. It is Friday, August the 9th. We are completing the first full week of fall camp 2019 at the University of Alabama. But as always, we want to take some time to talk some recruiting. And joining me to do that on this Friday is Hank South, Recruiting Analyst right there at BamaOnline.com. Dot com. Hank, how have you been doing since we last spoke? I've been doing great. You know, it's the dead period. So, you know, you get a little bit of a breather. But, you know, when it comes to Alabama, there, there's never it's never too quiet on the recruiting trail. So always something. But it, it's it's been a nice month thus far. So the dead period, what does that entail in terms of maybe prospects being able to go to practices at Alabama or uh, you know, check in with coaches and, and vice versa. Is that is that exactly what it says it is, dead? Exactly, yeah. So uh, this is kind of a new thing, that at least since I've been covering recruiting, the, the last two years, um, the month of August has been a dead period. So essentially what that means is there can't be any face-to-face contact in person uh, between uh, prospects and, and coaches. So that means no visits on campus, obviously no visits off campus, um, with coaches going to schools and things like that. Um, so really the only contact that can be had is uh, phone calls. That's still allowed. And then, uh, of course, um, direct messaging on Twitter and text messaging and that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, you know, it kind of it kind of takes away all the chances uh, for recruits to get on campus. But, you know, at the same time, all these kids are starting up their own fall camps with their schools. So there's really not a lot of time to visit. So it makes sense. Um, but also it kind of just it, it, it cuts out a good chunk of the summer um, when you have most of July and, and the entirety of August um, as a dead period. It really has changed here in the last couple of years with the change to the recruiting calendar in general with the early signing period coming online. Uh, yeah, it used to be a time when you could see a lot of uh, prospects making their way to campuses, checking out fall camps. Uh, not so much the case anymore. That doesn't mean, though, that a lot of interesting items aren't worth getting to here on the Built by Bama online podcast, which, again, you can access at any of your favorite podcast outlets. We would certainly appreciate you subscribing to the Built by Bama online podcast. Leave us a five-star review a rating there if you don't mind while you're doing so. Let's start. Speaking of five stars, let's start with the tight end position where Alabama continues to be heavily involved with two of the very top prospects at that position. I guess one of them is uh, listed as a tight end uh, by uh, by 247sports.com. Another, a five-star athlete, kind of set the table for those two guys, uh, if you don't mind, Hank, both Eric Gilbert Uh, over in Georgia, and then the athlete we were referring to, Darnell Washington, out in Las Vegas. Yeah, so I'll start with Eric Gilbert, and he actually was classified as an athlete, I think, until the opening finals last month um, when they changed his his classification to just solely tight end. Um, But, you know, he's the number one rated tight end in the country, um, top priority Bama target. He has been for, for a while now. Um, and he's a guy that, you know, we, we, I feel like his recruitment has been going on for, you know, four or five years now. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's out in Marietta, Georgia, uh, the, the main schools for him. And, and for a long time, it just seemed like he was a Georgia lean, you know, the, the crystal balls heavily in, in favor of Georgia. Um, you know, there, there really wasn't any thought that he, he wouldn't end up there for the, the early parts of his recruitment. Then Tennessee kind of got involved and they are involved. Um, obviously they had his quarterback at Marietta 
Harrison Bailey committed, so he's in his ear every day. And then Clemson's in there too. But for the longest time, it was Georgia and maybe Tennessee if he didn't go to Georgia. But in the last few months, uh, Alabama's really been trending up here. And I think that was one of my biggest takeaways from the opening finals was uh, Bama's in better shape than for Eric Gilbert than maybe we thought they were. And, and you know, you, 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 everyone says follow the visits. You know, and, and with Eric Gilbert, it's been several visits to Alabama. He went once in February. Uh, he wanted to come back for a day, but he had prom. Uh, he came back in June for an official visit, the only official visit he's taken. And then he returned to campus the weekend, uh, last weekend or last late last month for the, the cookout that Saturday. And so that's three visits, maybe four, if he didn't have prom, uh, that, that he's coming to check out Tuscaloosa. Um, and, and the interesting thing with him is, you know, he, he's been talking about making a decision before his senior season. Now he's kind of saying he, he wants to wait, maybe take some more visits, uh, but he hasn't really had a concrete timeline. And so, you know, if, if Bama kind of can ride this wave of moment, momentum and, and, you know, you know, if he decides not to take visits or if he does decide to go ahead and, and make a commitment, you know, it's going to be it can be hard pressed not to pick Alabama for him at this point in time. I know I changed my crystal ball pick to foggy for him. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. He, I think he's still he's probably going to visit Georgia for their Notre Dame game. Um, might take some other visits, but it looks like Bama's in good shape here at the moment. And then Darnell Washington, you can kind of <laughs> say the same thing, you know, although I would say, uh, you know, to contrast from uh, from Eric Gilbert at the opening finals, Darnell Washington, it, it seemed a little bit more Georgia leaning than he did Bama when we caught up with him um, in person last month in Frisco. Uh, but that's not to say Bama's not still very involved with him. Uh, he, he's been a guy that, that's been on campus three times so far in his recruitment out from Las Vegas, most recently uh, stopped by in June, um, as well as in April, um, has a very close relationship with Jeff Banks. Um, they're recruiting him very hard, obviously. He's rated the number, I think, the number one or two athlete in the country, but, you know, just a, a freak athlete, freak specimen, six foot eight, I think, uh, you know, 265, 270. He, he's just a, he's a big kid. Um, and, and, and he doesn't, he doesn't like, he's just really athletic for that size. And I, I know Charles Power was actually talking about, you know, what is he going to be if he keeps growing? Like, could he be an offensive tackle? Like what, what it's like, it's just the sky's the limit with this kid and, and his athletic ability. And so, um, you know, this is one, another recruitment as far as the schools in the mix. There's, there's several, he hasn't really narrowed it too far down, but sounds like he's going to play in the SEC. And I think this one could come down to Alabama and Georgia as well. And, and you know, if he was picking today, you know, I'd, I'd probably lean a little bit more Georgia than I would Alabama, even though I have my pick on the tide right now. Um, so it, two fascinating recruitments. I think Bama and Georgia are both going to come away from this with, with a five-star tight end. Um, it's just going to be, you know, which, which one. Yeah. Both guys, as you said, when you talk about the 24 seven sports composite rankings right there at the very top in their respective areas, uh, Gilbert, the number one tight end prospect for the class of 2020, a top 10 ish type overall prospect and Darnell Washington, much the same when you talk about the athlete classification. You know, speaking of classification, with Alabama's situation at tight end right now, Miller Forrestall coming off an injury, uh, Major Tennyson uh, not exactly hobbled, but you wonder about his ability to be fully functional. You know, could either of these guys, uh, and I'm probably half joking here, could either of these guys just reclassify to right freaking now, Hank? <laughs> Because Alabama could use one or both of them out there on the practice field. But you mentioned the Alabama-Georgia sort of battle here. And, man, when I look at the guys we're going to talk about 
maybe more specifically than others today, that seems to be a common refrain. Alabama, Georgia, as we come down the stretch here, staying on the offensive side of the ball. I know Arian Smith, the wide receiver recruit that Alabama is involved with from Lakeland, Florida. Looks like that sort of battle maybe for him. And what about Zachary Evans? Uh, Talk about a guy who's kind of been all over the place, it seems like. The nation's top running back prospect from Houston, Texas. I know you've paid a visit to him here in recent weeks and and spoke with him one-on-one. What is this UGA momentum we're hearing now with Zach Evans? Yeah, you know, it, it, it's it's odd, you know, we, I, but at the same time, it's Zach Evans. Like, you know, every week is a different storyline with Zach Evans. You know, it's, it's kind of just, uh, you know, where is his head at that particular week? And, you know, we've seen Zach Evans early on in his recruitment. It was, you know, probably going to stay in state, go to Texas or Texas A&M. He releases his top five earlier this summer. No Texas schools in it. But lo and behold, he visits Texas and Texas A&M in June. Now he says they're back in it. Ohio State and Oklahoma are out. You know, it, it's just it's kind of all over the place of a recruitment. And so, uh, you know, Georgia is in it. When I caught up with him at his high school a few weeks ago um, in Houston, he, uh, I, I kind of got the impression that it was an Alabama, Georgia, Texas A&M race. At the same time, um, LSU is in it. You know, he has some coaches on his high school staff that um, played at LSU. So there, there's some ties there to that school. And I think uh, he, he has some former players at LSU as well. Um, and so, it's it I would say it's more of a three team race, maybe four. He has an official visit set up for LSU. But, yeah, you know, Georgia's kind of just sticking in it. Um, obviously, there's a big commitment coming up today from Tank Bigsby out of Georgia that looks like it's trending towards Auburn. So you can expect I'd, I'd imagine that Georgia's going to pick up the heat even more so for Zach Evans. Um, and it's going to be one of these interesting battles that we, we kind of chase into the fall. A lot of people think this is a Bama, Texas A&M battle. Just, you know, with the, with the in-state school trying to keep him home. Obviously, he has plenty of reason to stay close to home with his mom coming to games and his family. But obviously, you know, he has a lot of respect for Alabama and, and thinks highly of, uh, of the Tide as well. And so, you know, George is also in that equation. Um, you know, it, it's kind of he, he took that visit to Athens that final weekend in the dead period. And, and that's when they've kind of really picked it up and, and, and the momentum's really started for them. But, you know, is, is that visit high going to continue to ride into the fall? You know, we'll, we'll see. He's going to take other visits. Other schools are going to grab momentum. Like I said, this is kind of a roller coaster of a recruitment that's going to have a, a few twists and turns, which, you know, kind of reminds me of Trey Sanders's recruitment, uh, the number one running back that ended up signing with Alabama, obviously, in the 2019 cycle. You know, I think hours before he announced his commitment, everyone thought he was going to Georgia and there, there was a lot of uh, certainty he was going to Georgia. And then Bama kind of uh, uh, flipped the tables in, in the end and got him. And so. Uh, I, I don't think this recruitment's anywhere near over. Georgia has a little bit of, has the momentum right now, it looks like. But, you know, talk to me this time next week. And maybe it's Bama or maybe it's LSU, maybe it's Texas A&M. You talk about twists and turns in this recruitment of Zachary Evans. One of them early on involved his teammate there at North Shore High School in Houston, Damian George, who is committed to the Alabama Crimson Tide, the big offensive lineman. Is that narrative, is that bond between the two still uh, a sticking point, you think, with Zach Evans ultimately uh, in making his choice, or is that waned a little bit, maybe? Yeah, you know, it's it's tough because it's hard. You know, you hear Zach Evans say they're a package deal in May, and it's like, well, you know, why isn't he committed when Damian George commits? You know, so, so clearly it's not the case really. I I think obviously they would like to play together. They're very close. They're close friends. They were hanging out when I saw them um, 
at, at their workouts together. And, and Damian George says they're still a package deal. If you ask him, he's like, yeah, we're package deal. So I think, I mean, at this point, I think they're just saying it. But, you know, obviously, I think they're, they're, they do want to play together. But I don't think it's the driving factor in, you know, their, both of their respective decisions. What about Nadab Joseph, the junior college cornerback, uh, sticking with that Alabama-Georgia theme? Just go back to his recruitment as a high school player a couple of years ago. Uh, originally looked like he was headed to Alabama. Then it was Georgia. Then he wasn't able to qualify. He goes the junior college route. Is that still the case with those two schools even two years later, Hank? It is. Uh, you know, I think he, he's listening to some other schools. I think he's talking to Nebraska and Colorado and I think Tennessee to some extent, obviously, with the Pruitt and Ansley connection there. But uh, I think this is an Alabama-Georgia battle for him. I think personally, in my opinion, from covering this recruitment, I think Adab Joseph wants to be at Alabama. I, I think, you know, when when that situation went down in December of 2017, when he uh, ended up signing with Georgia, Bama uh, didn't want to you know, roll the dice with him. I, I think, you know, he did, I don't think he truly wanted that. And this is my opinion, you know, obviously he thinks highly of Georgia and I'm not trying to say um, he doesn't have a close relationship with their staff or, or, or like their program. I just think, you know, I think his camp and I think the dad himself wants to end up at Alabama. And so that's where my crystal ball pick is right now. Um, he's going to take some official visits. I think he's coming back to the, uh, back to Alabama for the LSU game in November, which is funny because that's the official visit he took in high school too, that, that weekend in November uh, a few years ago. And so, um, you know, we'll, we'll keep watching this one. But, you know, if, if all goes according to plan, if he if he uh, gets his grades in order, which he's on the right track to do, he went back to Independence uh, Community College for the summer um, and finished up some summer school and got some credits out of the way. And he's on the right track. And so, you know, if, if he continues on that, um, I, I think he's going to end up in this class for Alabama. And, you know, if you followed kind of what happened this summer and, and him showing up at his workout and I think he checked in at 6'2", 194, ran a 4'4". Like, he, he, he's in really good shape. And, and I, th- I think uh, he's a guy that a, a lot of staffs covet. And it, there's no it's no wonder why um, Alabama and Georgia are pushing for him. This class of 2020 for Alabama, Hank, uh, maybe some musical chairs, uh, a game of that, uh, at a couple of different positions. Would wide receiver and defensive line be a couple of those areas where we could see some movement with guys going out of the class and some maybe new guys coming in? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's safe to say. You know, you look at the wide receiver class for Alabama, um, and, and all three of the guys currently committed are taking visits elsewhere. You know, we've seen, I think, Treshawn Holden was commit, uh, tweeting about Oregon this morning. Um, not, not, I mean, kids tweet about all sorts of stuff, so it's not you can't read into what's being said on Twitter. But you know, he he is taking visits, he is showing interest elsewhere. He's keeps reaffirming his commitment to Alabama, but obviously he's thousands of miles away, and the Pac-12 schools are pushing for him. So he's a, he's a guy to watch always. Um, Javon Baker has said he's taking other uh, other visits elsewhere. Um, you know, he he's also kind of uh, same thing with Adab Joseph, kind of working, trying to stay on the right track academic wise. So that's always something to watch. Um, uh, you know, as we get later into closer to signing day and then Tyree Jones Bell, who's, who's a pretty quiet kid. He, he's not, uh, he has taken visits elsewhere since he's committed, but you know, I, I don't think he's, I don't think he's wavering much, but you know, when guys are taking visits, you have to keep recruiting the position and then defensive line, you know, same thing. All those guys are, are taking visits elsewhere. Jamarian Latham's flirting with old Miss, you know, Jason Jones, not really sure what's going to happen with Jason Jones. You know, he shows up to Alabama, looks like he's firm. And then he tweets about Georgia tech and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, I, I think I, I'd, I'd probably circle his name as one to watch uh, that could potentially end up elsewhere. And then uh, and then Timothy Smith, who I, I, 
I, I think Timothy Smith is very solid, but there was a lot of uh, talk about him visiting Florida right after he committed. Um, you know, that, that trip was planned from what I was told before he made his announcement to Bama. But, you know, he, he said he's also going to take some official visits. So it, it's certainly a position. I think defensive back is a position um, that we could see some movement. You know, Javier Morton, we've gone on record saying we don't we don't think Javier Morton's going to end up in this class. He didn't visit Bama this summer. Um, he's not really doing much recruiting right now. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But I, I think there's, you know, there's 22 guys on the list. I don't think there's t- actually 22 commitments um, in Bama's eyes. In, in this class. And so there, there's still space for the, for these, uh, the remaining guys we, we've been talking about so much. And we talk about existing wide receiver targets out there. Uh, Xavier Henderson, another one of these South Florida talents uh, at that position. Has he made sort of a decision on when he might officially visit Alabama? Yeah. And so I, I talked to his dad um, earlier this week and he said, they're looking at potentially the Tennessee game. So, um, in October, uh, third, uh, third Saturday in October. So that would be a nice weekend. You know, obviously if you look at kind of the official visit calendar right now, there's, uh, there's, uh, everything's kind of pointing towards the LSU weekend. So that's, that looks like it's gonna be a pretty crowded weekend. So I think, you know, trying to disperse these guys, kind of breaking it up more evenly, um, and so they can get proper attention and, and have uh, time with the coaches. I think that's important. And a weekend like that could be big um, for a guy like Xavier Henderson, who's a top target at wide receiver. And so, you know, everyone thinks Clemson for him. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's a done deal. I think Bama is certainly in it. Uh, and then obviously Florida with his older brother there as well is a factor in the recruitment, too. So we'll keep an eye on him. But he also uh, plans on making a decision uh, at the All-American Bowl in January. So a lot of time to go before he's uh, announcing any commitments. Talking with Hank South, recruiting analyst for BOL on the Built by Bama online podcast. Hank, well, let's circle back to the running back position. Uh, we talk so much about Zachary Evans and his connection to this 2020 class for Alabama. Uh, another running back that committed very early on in the process, Roydell Williams, a local talent from right up the road there in Hueytown, Alabama. Very productive, explosive junior campaign a year ago. Do you have a comparison maybe for Roydell Williams that you could give us? Yeah, you know, I, I've been saying since he committed, I think before since he committed, that he's just, he reminds me of Josh Jacobs. Um, and I'm not the best comparison guy, but I think when you watch both of their tapes, it, it's very similar running styles. They're both finishers. They, they can both do a lot of things coming out of the backfield and, and kind of give you a lot of options um, at the running back position. They both have similar frames. Um, I, I think Josh Jacobs probably has a little bit more breakaway speed, but Roydell Williams is, is, is pretty fast in his own right. And so uh, that that's, you know, whenever I turn on Roydell's tape and kind of and, and look back at his film, that's who he reminds me of the most. That's not a bad comparison no. if you're going to be compared to someone uh, these days, for sure. Josh Jacobs coming off that outstanding 2018 campaign and first-round pick for the Oakland Raiders. Now, a newsy time here in the last few days in relation to the class of 2022 coming down the pike, Hank. Uh, a lot of insight into that at 247sports.com. Sort of an initial thought or two in relation to, to some of those guys for 2022 in relation to uh, the Alabama Crimson Tide that struck you anyway? Yeah, you know, it, it's uh, it's going to be a strong year for, for the state of Alabama. You know, having five guys within the top 100 of, of the national rankings 
um, before they even play their sophomore season. And that's pretty telling of kind of where, uh, you know, where it's trending at this point in time. You know, obviously the number one player in the state for the class of 2022, number nine overall player in the nation, Jeremiah Alexander. He's been a kid we've been talking about, I think, since, you know, entering his freshman season. You know, he, he played on varsity last year. Uh, he, he's he's 6'2", 218 right now, and we talked to uh, to Mark Freeman, the head coach at Thompson, and you know the sky's the limit with this kid. He's going to keep growing. I think the biggest thing with class of 2022 is you have to remember these guys are going into their sophomore season. You know they got three years left of high school, so you you don't really know. I mean their bodies are still developing, they're still growing, they're still learning the game of football, and so uh, you know to, to be at kind of where they're at now, um, it, it's a pretty good indicator of potentially where they're going to be in a few years. And so Jeremiah Alexander, if you if you turn on his tape, this kid's an animal. He, he is all over the football field. I think he totaled six or seven sacks last year. His stats are on his 24-7 sports page, but already has a loaded list of offers, um, several SEC, Alabama included. Um, and so he's going to be a very highly coveted target of, uh, of, other, of a number of schools. Um, and then moving along, um, and, and there's some of the guys we've talked about, some of them, you know, we, we haven't mentioned too much. A guy we haven't mentioned too much is Robert Woodyard. He's a four-star inside linebacker from uh, from Mobile at Williamson High School, um, and he's actually, if you watch his tape, he's really fascinating. He he plays Wildcat quarterback for him, and uh, the thing that strikes me the most about watching his film is he's lined up at quarterback, and you can tell he's in a position where he's like just looking like he's about to start sprinting just straight ahead, and and that's exactly what he does, and you can't the teams can't stop him. Like he, he's he's just a really good runner, and, and he he's a very instinctual player, and that obviously. Um, helps him playing inside linebacker too and so he's an interesting one to watch Curtis Perry uh, number 17 overall player in the nation out of Montgomery Um, he's a four-star defensive end and he actually showed up to the national combine in San Antonio last January when we first met him um, as as a freshman in high school and and to kind of put that into perspective most of the kids that go to that event are either going into their senior year or at least juniors in high school um, at least you know from uh, the guys that are serious about it. And so uh, that kind of just shows you what kind of competitive spirit he has as, as far as kind of going in there as a freshman and kind of showing what you can do against um, some higher classification guys. Um, so, you know, he doesn't have a VIMA offer yet. I, I would anticipate him getting one eventually throughout his high school career. Um, he worked at it on, in Tuscaloosa this summer and, and is on the radar for sure. Um, and then the last two, TJ Dudley, he's a four-star linebacker from Montgomery. Uh, don't know too much about him yet, uh, but you know, uh, very highly thought of by our scouting team, number 72 in the nation. And then last but not least, Lucas Taylor, who's actually new to the state of Alabama. He he played his freshman season at Ocean Springs in Mississippi. And so now he's at uh, St. Paul's Episcopal um, in, in Mobile. And so certainly we'll get some more exposure there. He's in at uh, number 95 in the nation, a, a four-star offensive guard. And so Pretty strong group. You know, I, I think this once we know we expand to the top two, four, seven in this class, I think you'll see some more names from the state of Alabama on this list. But um, it, it's good to get these these five guys um, on there now for, for what they've done so far. Yeah, for a program that recruits very much on the national level like Alabama, always nice to have the luxury of some strong, strong in-state halls. And we've really seen that the last couple of years. And it sounds like it's going to be the case once again for 2022. Hank, I got to ask you, are you still on Bryce Young watch when it comes to the quarterback position for Alabama in the class of 2020? I am. You know, I think it's Bryce Young or, or nothing at this point. Obviously, I say that they have a commitment from Christian Story um, as well. And so, you know, he, he's 
rated as an athlete, but can play quarterback, um, play defensive back. So that they technically have a quarterback in the class in Christian Story. So, you know, if they don't flip Bryce Young, which I still feel like there's a pretty good chance they'll do, um, you know, I, I don't, I'm not sure they're going to rush to to take someone else, especially with Drake May in the wings um, in 2021. So, um, you know, I, I can't really give you a timeline of, of when something may happen. A lot of people talk about, you know, if USC, if things go south at USC this season, if Clay Helton gets fired, obviously that's something to watch. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I think Bama set themselves up pretty strongly here with, with uh, Bryce's relationship with Steve Sarkeesian and, and obviously the, the opportunity to come in and compete for the starting job right away. I think one of the biggest things that's kind of painted this in Bama's favor a little bit more so in the last couple months is the thought that uh, JT Daniels might not be a three and done quarterback. You know, we saw him play his freshman season after reclassifying um, out of the, he was supposed to be a, a 20, 20, uh, 2019 quarterback. And so he reclassified, started his freshman season and it looks like he might be there for four years unless he really gets it going. And so I, I think that's kind of, in Bryce's mind at this point or in the family's mind, as far as, you know, he's going to go in there and probably have to wait a little bit longer than maybe he'd like to, to compete for the starting job. And in Alabama, you know, um, next spring, it's probably there for the taking. Um, and so I think that's what's, that's something helping Bama right now. You know, obviously I think it'll be important to see what happens this season, but I think Bama is still in pretty good shape there. Yeah. Last check, JT Daniels actually competing for the starting job. He won a year ago as uh, extra early enrollee, I guess we could call the guys that are uh, reclassifying on occasion these days. Now, Hank, as we let you out of here, some important dates that are semi-set in stone. We don't say set in stone when it comes to recruiting because, as we know, everything is subject to change before right. the, the pen is put to paper. But some important dates from the Alabama perspective looking at this upcoming class uh, that we know about in the next month or two, maybe. Yeah, so I think the the first date um, is September 9th, and that's when Joel Williams, the four-star athlete from Baton Rouge, is making a commitment. You know, we all kind of thought he was going to uh, announce a commitment at the Champions Cookout in June. You know, he, he, he had camped at Alabama, earned his offer. Um, he was committed to Florida at the time. He backed off that commitment and then came back to Alabama. So, you know, you would think that that was probably a good opportunity to go ahead and announce a new commitment, but he decided to hold off. Um, he, he set a date for September 9th. And so I think that's kind of the next big Bama target um, that, that's making an announcement. There's a few others, BJ Ojulari, um, who's a, who's a edge rusher out of uh, Marietta, Georgia as well. Like Eric Gilbert, he's committing on the August 16th. I don't anticipate that to be Alabama. So I don't think Bama fans really need to tune in for that one. Uh, beyond that, the next, I think, date, if I'm not wrong, um, is Reggie Grimes, who's announcing on uh, November 2nd. And obviously there's been a lot of talk about where he kind of fits into this this class or the, the kind of the targets at this point. And right now it's kind of feels like he's on the outside looking in a little bit with the guys they've added the last couple months on the edge and on, and on some outside linebacker position. Um, you know, come November 2nd, could that change? Could that there be a spot opened up? You know, it's certainly possible He'll be back for an official visit in September, and so I think he's a guy worth continuing to watch. And then after that, it kind of just all turns to uh, the early signing period, and even the fe February is National Signing Day. And so there's not too many dates left, but you know when you have over 20 commitments on your list, there's not going to be many dates, to, uh, commitment dates that you're going to have to tune in for much anymore. Uh, but you know, obviously, we'll, we'll keep you covered at BamaOnline.com. Absolutely, Hank South, Tim Watts, the staff at BamaOnline.com, unrivaled 
when it comes to recruiting coverage, and we certainly have you covered as well from the team aspect of fall camp 2019. Stick with us at BamaOnline.com. We got you. Recruiting, team coverage, you name it, all waiting for you there at BOL. Hank, as always, a great job. Look forward to catching up with you again real soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Travis. Hank South, recruiting analyst for BamaOnline.com. Thank you for tuning in to this latest edition of the Built by Bama Online podcast. We'll catch up with you again real soon.